I'm your host, Diane Byrne, and this is a podcast series in which we share conversations with interesting people in the large yacht industry. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Mark Cavendish and Tom Conboy of Hasten Yachts. The Dutch shipyard has come a long way since its beginnings back in 1978. Interestingly, though, while it has met with success offering a number of series builds, it has also blazed new paths. In fact, from the construction and delivery of the record-breaking Octopussy in the late 1980s, a yacht which many in yachting said was impossible to build, to similarly inventive modern projects like Project Cosmos, Hasten prides itself on taking big challenges, too. Mark and Tom can shed some light on what attracts customers to the shipyard and how they themselves are pushing boundaries as much as the shipyard is. So, Tom and Mark, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. I'm glad to have you on today. Thank you very much for inviting us. It's a pleasure. Um, thank you very much. I don't know if you can hear me. This is Tom. Yeah, I can hear you just fine, Tom. Thanks. Tom, actually, I'd like to start with you, since our listeners are primarily American. You've been with the shipyard now for several years, and although Hasten was already pretty well known here in the States at that time, I'm sure you still had some educating to do. So what are, say, maybe one or two things that you found that potential customers were not aware of? Oh, I think Hasten in the late uh, 80s and early 90s became a quite well-known uh, shipyard with, you know, some boats such as uh, Acquisition, Octopussy, Tropic Sea when it first came. Then they went into a, um, like, uh, I don't want to say a dark hole, but a different side of the market. There was virtually no activity um, uh, in, uh, in the U.S. It was mostly Middle East and Europe. Uh, the focus of marketing was there. It wasn't again until 2002 that really the focus came back to the U.S. and then uh, we've had a pretty good uh, a pretty good stronghold here since then. Uh, education is, is that the early days, um, Eason was uh, nicknamed the Broward of Holland. It's not a very complimentary term. Obviously, Broward was a great yard, but it was, didn't exude quality. So I think that the transition uh, from then to 2002 and currently today is that. We are certainly one of the top tier yards in the world, and uh, the size and product, uh, the, you know, we're the number one aluminum builder. We're the biggest consumer of MTU engines in the yacht business, and, uh, you know, we've launched more uh, boats in Northern Europe than any other builder since 2002. Good to know. Great. Mark, what's your assessment of yacht buyers' overall attraction to the shipyard. From where I sit, the series builds definitely still hold great appeal. Um, so why do you believe, just from that standpoint, for example, why do you believe that they choose Hasten and your series builds over others that might be available from other shipyards? No, oh, thank you. Um, that's a good question. I think uh, people like Hasten because, um, first of all, we are a Dutch shipyard, a, a Northern European Dutch shipyard, and they're generally recognized, of course, as being the, the best in the world. And we are the only uh, Dutch uh, shipyard that are building yachts in the, uh, let's say, the 50-meter, 500-gross-ton sector, just to be a little bit technical. Um, almost all of our colleagues have now moved uh, up considerably in size so if, uh, if a client is looking, if a buyer is looking for a, 
a 50 meter yacht, uh, but from a high quality builder, then we are more or less the only uh, people to go to. Um, and with that, of course, goes, uh, goes the quality of build, the reliability, um, as far as I know, since I, certainly since I've been at Heaston for 12 odd years now, uh, we've never delivered a yacht late. Um, uh, and of course, there's also the design. A lot of people uh, really like the Heaston contemporary design, uh, the style, uh, and the modern interior design appeals to perhaps a slightly younger uh, breed of purchaser. Um, I think all those things go together to make it a, a, a desirable option. Sounds good. In recent years, the yard has, if you'll pardon the pun, set a different course than most, I would say. I'm thinking in particular about how you've incorporated certain design developments like the fast displacement hull form. So I'd like both of you to talk about this. And, and Mark, why don't you go first? Um, you know, for both of you, what would you say was the attraction from the shipyard standpoint? Well, I mean, innovation, uh, trying to improve the product, trying to offer something better for owners of yachts has always been and still very much is today, very much our great uh, desire in life. We're always looking for ways to improve, to way, ways to make things better, more efficient, less expensive. The fast displacement hull uh, was one of those concepts. Uh, we we believe in the Sorry, uh, we're, over, we're talking over each other, aren't we? Oh, no, you're okay. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, the fast displacement was an early adopter of ours because we believe that it's an extremely efficient hull uh, shape. It gives you about a 30% reduction in, uh, in uh, fuel consumption. Um, that's only just one part of it. Uh, we also um, built a yacht with a thing called a hull vane, uh, which is a fixed, um, like a um, like a aerofoil on a car, uh, but underneath the water behind the rudders, that adds another about uh, twenty odd percent of efficiency when it's installed. Uh, today, we're looking in the future towards um, the possibility of active um, uh, of, um, uh, veins as well. <clears throat> and more recently, we've built um, home and another one which have um, hybrid power systems using uh, diesel-electric power systems. And there's a lot of shipyards talk about eco-credentials and talk about the idea of, uh, of producing a hybrid yacht. And there's one or two shipyards, of course, have built them with the backing of clients. I think we're the only shipyard that's actually taken this thing on board on our, at our own uh, risk and expense and developed and built for the market um, a hybrid yacht so uh, this is very much the way we look at things yeah and Tom from your standpoint in dealing with some of the, the customers did you find that once Hasten started to talk about that fast displacement hull form and even even the hull vein and the, the hybrid solutions too were you finding that clients were already somewhat educated about this or were they looking for some type of solution and then started to ask more questions about these designs? I think, I think the innovation that Mark pointed out earlier is the big, is the big thing that we're trying to stay ahead of uh, the rest on. You know, we have uh, four, four different models at uh, 50 meter. We have uh, a 55, which we've, it's evolved now. And uh, you know, we're on hull number five of that. 
We've got two new 57s, an Explorer boat and a, uh, a fast uh, or an aluminum aluminum boat. The fast displacement is used, I think, on almost uh, probably 75% of our boats that can be built in aluminum and or steel. And uh, it's just a much more efficient hull design. Uh, that takes education not only to the clients, even to the brokerage community, because a lot of people just don't get that technical. Um, and uh, some do. Uh, the big transition or the big, the, 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 what's helped us in recent years is probably having boats in this part of the world for boat shows or viewings. That's in, that is, you know, you can you can do all of the marketing you want in the world, but people have to see and touch what you've built. That is the most significant bar thing else. It's just it's boat shows. I mean, we brought we brought Galactica Supernova to the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. It was in 1919 to uh, 2017, and uh, and we've can directly contribute two sales to the boat uh, just from being at that boat show. So um, Very good. it's a constant education. It's a constant education process. Uh, it's a constant evolution in the shipyard to start to stay current because uh, technology changes. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, the uh, AV and, and uh, electronics, how, how fast that evolves, soundproofing, how fast that evolves, uh, you know, paint systems, soundproofing, uh, you know, it all continues to evolve. So staying, staying current is, is a, um, Staying current and continuing to, because building spec boats, you can kind of lull yourself to sleep. I just keep building them. But to try to continue to be on the cutting edge with the spec boats is a fine balance between innovation and profit. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I was, yeah, go ahead, Mark, actually. That, that, was, that would be something good for you to follow up on. Yeah, I think also an interesting point is on these uh, spec boats, we're, we're not one of these shipyards that uh, – uh, sets out to build a run of 20, 30, 40 sister ships. Um, we think that's good for anybody. I mean, the, the clients want to have a, a unique yacht. They want to feel that they have a custom boat. So our policy with these uh, speculation builds is to, is, to, is to cap the run at around uh, 10 to 12 yachts or even less, probably around about eight yachts where possible. Um, and then we stop and then we'll uh, redesign and engineer a whole new model um, and that's the important key to this. We're, we're not just taking the hull and evolving it or tweaking it slightly, but we'll actually tear up the blueprints and settle down and uh, look at what the market wants, look at what the latest technology can offer um, owners, and then design a new boat. So, so owners can be sure that you know, every, how long does it take to build? Eight yachts, probably five, five odd years or so, that... Um, every five or so years that they're going to have a whole new offering. And of course, we're doing this across a range of four or five models. So there's more or less always something fresh in the offering. Right. And I, I would imagine, too, that's a, a, a nice selling point from the customer standpoint, too. Say you have someone who has, you know, one of the, the series builds that you've now, as you said, ripped up the blueprints for and, and are you know, coming up with a, a different design and more efficient hull form, et cetera. I would imagine that that's something that makes them say, oh, okay, well, what's that all about? That's, that's the idea, yes. And it also means that you don't end up with uh, five identical sister ships all in the same anchorage, which can look a bit odd. Right, right. With with some of the other projects you're doing, some of the the 
custom boats. There are some really interesting things going on to design wise and technology wise with those. I'm thinking about Project Cosmos in particular. When you had the press conference at the Monaco Yacht Show a few years ago and were discussing the backbone, I found that pretty intriguing. So, Mark, can you explain a little bit about that and how this whole project came about? Yes, well, thank you for asking that because, because a lot of people do think of Heeson as, uh, as more or less only building uh, series boats on the speculative build program. But in fact, a good 50% of what we do is full custom yachts. And yes, Project Cosmos is the biggest yacht at the moment we have ever built at uh, a little bit over 80 meters. Uh, she's built in aluminium and she has four, five and a half thousand uh, horsepower engines um, and uh, that's a lot of power to have in an, uh, in an aluminum yacht and in order for the boat to be able to absorb that power um, with its length of 80 meters which is equally quite a long boat for an, uh, for an aluminum boat you need some very um, clever engineering to make sure the hull is rigid enough and we work that out uh, with this system called Backbone, which is now patented by Heeson. And it's essentially similar to, to your regular I-beam in the construction industry, where you have a flat bar, and then perpendicular to it, you have uh, uh, attached to it two perpendicular bars. And that, that simple engineering structure uh, gives an I-beam a lot of um, uh, strength. And we, we use the same thing in the boat design, where the two... Uh, corners of the deck, the port and starboard sides of the deck are the two top parts of a flat of a flat uh, beam. Um, the hull itself in the middle is the center part, the horizontal part, and then the keel at the bottom is the other side of the flat beam. And provided you uh, you stiffen those sections enough, you end up actually with a very rigid structure. And the the hull plating in between is pretty much really only there to keep the water out and the owner's furniture in because uh, all the strength of the boat is in the uh, backbone I-beam technology. <clears throat> Excuse me. And before I, before I stop on that, there is another feature we've got on, uh, well, there are lots of features on Cosmos, but another interesting feature is the uh, battery technology there. We've, uh, we're putting um, a large bank of batteries on board. And the idea of, with that one is that with the generators, which are frequently running at over power, you then uh, take off the excess power that's not needed for the ship's load. Uh, you use that to charge up the batteries. And then when the batteries are charged, you can switch the generators off and run the boat hotel load only, not propulsion mode. Uh, you can run the hotel service of the boat from the battery. Um, and that's a very efficient way of, 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 of peeling off excess power storing it, reusing it later. So you've got, uh, you've got a little bit of downtime on your generators, less fuel used. Um, but also importantly is you, if you get the timing right, you can run the yacht almost totally silent for um, a, a few hours a day, perhaps while you're at anchor in a beautiful bay in Greece or in the Bahamas where you don't want the sound of a generator running, even though they're quite quiet. Right, right. You know, in, in listening you, to you discuss all of these advantages, there's clearly a lot of rewards that are coming from these advances of technology. Simultaneously, though, from the standpoint of customers, we tend to have a pretty conservative buying base. 
So do you see any, you know, any reaction from people out there saying, oh, wow, that sounds risky. I, I don't know if I want to do something like that. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at uh, probably 80% of our projects are, are, you know, relatively conservative, meaning they're traditional diesel propulsion with, uh, you know, with shafts and wheels, um, you know, 70% are aluminum, 30% are steel. Uh, the interiors are completely different. We're quite, you know, uh, you know, we use a lot of, you know, of the top name interior designers, the top name exterior stylists. You know, it's the 20 percent of uh, the projects that we kind of, uh, you know, get pretty, uh, pretty radical on. I mean, we're doing a 59 meter right now that's got four 20 V's coupled to four Kamiwa water jets. The two the two uh, inner jets are unbucketed. And it's going to uh, achieve speeds of 39 knots, um, hmm. it, which is pretty much unheard of, you know, at, uh, at that length and, uh, and volume. A very, very uh, radical kind of project. So these are some of the things that really started from the original days of the uh, Octopussy, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, we had a conversation with John Stolupi the other day, who really kind of that project really did get Heeson going in the, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and um, his comment to me, as soon as he gets rid of uh, his big boat, he thinks maybe he'll finish his, uh, his career with Eason because it was such a, uh, such a good time. So we're known to be, uh, you know, a very flexible yard, um, especially in a world of, uh, you know, uh, inflexibility, you know, which is, you know, the, uh, the, the Northern European builders are, are quite confident uh, of their abilities and, and, uh, but we tend to say yes more than we tend to say no, um, you know, only thing being safety. Right, of course, of course. So that, that actually brings me to, a, a, you know, one more question for you. You know, in terms of what you were just saying about perhaps working with John Stolupi again, that would be a nice full circle. Um, but in, uh, you know, also in terms of what else might be on the horizon, I'd, I'd really like both of you to answer this. And, Mark, maybe you can go first. Um, in terms of what customers are looking to do, are there people out there that are really trying to continue pushing the boundaries with you? Say like the, the, that absolute speedster project that Tom just mentioned, um, or are you, are you fielding maybe a little bit more inquiries in terms of that? Or is the shipyard really pretty much maintaining that 80% traditional and 20% boundary pushing um, you know, contract balance. <laughs> Can I just start by saying, hey, hey, Tom, we look forward to seeing Mr. Stolupi back in the shipyard. Uh, he might not recognize it anymore, but it'll certainly be nice to see him. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, the, the two boats actually we've just been talking about, Project Cosmos and the delightfully named Project Skyfall, um, which is actually 60 meters um, uh, yeah, high 30 knot boat. They're two pretty exceptional boats. I mean, they are absolutely not the uh, the run of the uh, the mill production. Most most owners are, I think, a little bit more. Well, they're definitely a lot more conservative than that. I mean, alongside those two, let's say um, uh, headlining yachts, we're also building a 67 meter steel full displacement yacht with a winch design, interior and exterior design. I mean, again, that's a slightly contemporary boat. I mean, the, the, the style, the design, the layout is, is not 
Spiny means conventional, but the, the boat is conventional. It's a steel hull displacement yacht. Um, and then we're also at the moment building a 61-meter uh, uh, conventional steel displacement yacht uh, amongst a few 55-meter um, conventional steel displacement yachts. So I'd say, yes, 80% of what we do is, is, let's say, relatively conventional. But it's, it's conservative with a twist because, I mean, even these... Um, displacement steel boats. They've still got fast displacement hulls. They're still a lot more efficient than most of our compatriots are, are building. Um, and you see that either in you know, the, the speed the boats will do or the slightly comparatively smaller engines they need for an equivalent speed, uh, which means that you, know, you burn less fuel, you, you have to carry less fuel, all that kind of thing. So, um, so yes, I mean the, these uh, these special boats like Cosmos and Skyfall um, don't come along every day. It's great when they do, and it's even better when two come along at the same time. Right, Tom. What about you? Are there the conversations you're having mostly with people these days still the the relatively traditional yacht with the twist, or are you seeing some more of the the real boundary pushing people? I would say uh, you know more towards the. Uh, and conservative really isn't the right uh, word. I think it is conservative with a twist. Um, you know, in other words, it's not exotic propulsion. That's probably the best way to put it, because most interiors get pretty exotic just from their material selections. Uh, you know, if, if anybody's pushing, put, what's pushing the boundary now today is like uh, material selections on the interior. You know, where you used to go have to cut down a virgin forest or kill some, you know, stingray that you know was only about three of them left or some animal. You know, there's synthetics now that uh, are, you know, just it's so vast as far as material selection. And I would say that's some of the most interesting end of uh, yacht building today is uh, interior uh, materials. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we it's innovative as far as uh, the whole form. Propulsion is always, you know, we, we see more conventional propulsion, conventional propulsion being diesel engines, diesel generators, diesel, you know, fuel and normal props and shafts uh, and a lot of varieties uh, of the hull form. But, uh, yeah, that's 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 the business there for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. OK, good. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been great to hear more about what's going on at the yard and the types of conversations you're having with people. And we look forward to some more interesting projects to come. Thank you very much. Very, it's, been, it's been a great pleasure. And thank you for um, hosting us. Yes, thank you very much. And, um, and look forward to more. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, if you'd like to learn more about what Hasten's team can do for you, you can visit their website, which is hastenyachts.com. This wraps up the latest episode of Mega Yacht News Radio. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share the word on social media, plus subscribe to our feed automatically. You can do so via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about what's going on in the world of large yacht cruising, new construction and design, you can check out our daily updated website, which is megayachtnews.com. Until next time, I'm Diane Byrne.